But I'll tell you what's working. We're going to have a great conversation coming up with, with Chris Martin. He's going to join us. Less brunches, more crunches. That's his tagline. Talk about branding. Chris Martin. Chris. What's going on? What's going on? I'm excited to be here, and I appreciate you having me. Thank you for being here. I saw you nodding during the opener. Were you being entertained? Do you get the perspective of the show? Yeah, no, I was just watching Goggins earlier today. I love Goggins. When you, when you say Goggins, that kind of touched me a little bit. <laughs> well, I, 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 I admitted during the opener that I was, I don't want to say I was struggling with this morning, but it was a Wednesday. And I knew in my head I planned on an active recovery day today. I was like, okay, yeah. I'm going to take it easier today. But I got up today and I was trying to hold myself back. I went for a walk instead of getting on the bike. I, I did my yoga. But I'm telling you, Chris, it was just in my head. And I'm like, well, I didn't get my heart rate up. I didn't get my strength up. And I was actually pissed off about it, to be honest with you. And, I, and, I, and then I started talking with my colleague and I saw a message. And, and I'm just somebody who sits down in front of the. So when I do my show, the audience knows this. Like when I do my show, I, I literally sit down, put my headphones on, flip open Epidemic Sound and pick a track and just start talking. Yep. And I have a mood to kind of tune out. I, want, I wanted a tune today, which is what, what you heard. And I just started talking and it came out how it came out. And it was that awareness of, right, it's because I held back today, which is, what kind of, which is why I was going to bitch your mood this morning. Absolutely. No, you know I'm, feels? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you said that because uh, yesterday, I usually take my day off on Wednesday. And I was so tired yesterday before my workout. And I was like, I, I, I'll just take off on Tuesday. And I was like, nope, you got to get up, get to work. And then I felt so much better after. I feel where you're coming from. Yeah. So, you know what? I, because I, as you heard me earlier, we're committed to this show. We're committed to our team, our audience, our, our business athlete nation. And that means every single day we come to the lab to entertain them, to inform them, to give them content to consume, to feel part of something. Those guys that are stuck, those guys that are through transition. Yep. But before we get into your story and all that stuff, let's just start at the beginning. Where are you joining us from, Chris? Tell the audience who you are. I find that the other person on the side of the camera does a much better job introducing themselves than I do. So why don't you let it roll, my friend? Yeah, absolutely. I'm in uh, PG County, Maryland. I'm about 10 minutes from Washington, D.C. So I'm right there in the D.C. area. East Coast guy. Where, where are you located? I'm up here in Canada, central Canada. We're here in Manitoba, Canada, where it's a little bit colder than you are down there. Yeah, it's, it's cold, but I can only imagine what it feels like up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's it's zero degrees here today, which November 15th, it's, it's, it's pretty good. It's it's pretty good. So why don't, let's dig into your journey, Chris. So your journey from a college athlete, you battled depression to a successful personal training career. It's truly an incredibly inspiring story. I did a little bit of homework. Okay. Now, what pivotal moment or... Yeah, what pivotal moment or realization helped you turn a challenging time into a launch pad for your current success? Yeah, so I have a few of them. I actually started before the pandemic. I started wow. three years before the pandemic. And one of the sparks for me, we'll just talk about after college. I wanted to play professionally overseas and that wasn't working out for me. And sometimes as an athlete, I know this is common for basketball, football, baseball, maybe some other sports. When you grow up and that's all you do and that's what consumes your life and you don't do anything else, when the game is taken away from you out of nowhere, like you're not expecting it, hit a depression phase. So, I, How long did it last? How long did the depression phase last? Yeah. About nine, ten months. Yeah. So I started working at the front desk of the gym where I, where I started training 
And I'm telling you, I had coaches, former teammates coming in, guys that made it to the NBA, old girlfriends coming in. And they saw me as this basketball player. Now I'm a front desk guy. So I look like a loser to them. And it was the most embarrassing. It was the hardest thing, you know, one, one, one of the hardest times of my life. And that's when I was like, you know what? I never want to feel like this again. So that, that, that was a spark for me. Your spark is a theme that has arisen over the last couple of weeks as we've invited um, more retired athletes, successful mm -hmm. athletes who've identified with one thing, Chris, an yeah. athlete. Yep. And then we, one, of our, one of our colleagues, one of our partners here in the lab is a former NHL athlete, Dale Weiss. Mm -hmm. He has a segment on Fridays called Life After the Buzzer, talking to athletes like himself, like yourself, saying, oh, I used to be a hockey player. I used to be a basketball player. Now what am I? I used to be a football player. Now what am I? I used to be a tennis player. Now what am I? You went through exactly that phase, didn't you? Absolutely. And one, one, one thing my father said to me coming out of college, he was like, look, if basketball doesn't work out, you're still a, a great guy. You're my son. I'm always going to love you, whether you play basketball or not. And that kind of lightened up the mood a little bit. So I was like, hey, I, I, I can still do something else. And but yeah, it's, it's, it's hard when you're attached to that sport and you've done nothing else. No matter what lane I went in, I was a little bit nervous. And so luckily, personal training fell in my lap. Yeah. So you end up at the gym. So let, let's go through the story then. You end up at the gym. You're fr your term. I'm a front desk guy. Yeah. Uh, and your term, you felt like people thought of you as a loser. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they did. Yeah. <laughs> oh, not, yeah, they did. I thought that's what I know. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. So it's okay. Let's go down that path. So they think you're a loser. You're like, to hell with that. I'm not a loser. I'm an athlete. I'm a successful dude. What did you do? Uh, when you went home and reflected on the fact that they thought you were a loser. So I, I, I knew every day I got to work on my next move, right? Because yeah. if I became successful, I know basketball wasn't a waste. If I become a loser, basketball was a waste, right? Mm. So what I did was I used my degree at the time to, to go on any job interview. I got my degree in sports management. Some were sports teams, some were it's in a school of business. So I went on some so I said different businesses, went on interviews, got rejected on all of them. So <laughs> that was one thing. One thing that, that kept me sane was working out every day. When you work yes. out, you get a free membership. And I was still trying to, I was still pursuing basketball, talking to different agents. And as I'm in the gym every day, this trainer kept coming up to me. He was like, bro, you need to be a trainer. He was like, you're already athletic. You're in here every day. You're committed. He was like, just be a trainer. And I kept telling him no. Finally, I told him yes. Passed the test. He got me a discount on the certification for $150. Certifications are usually like $1,000. So that, that was a steal. So I don't even know why I kept saying no to that. But anyway, <laughs> what I did was I, oh, before that, oh, I missed out on something I wanted to mention. When I worked the front desk, I switched my hours to overnight when no management was there, nobody was there. So all I did was work out and study for my personal training test while I was on the clock. So that. <clears throat> that's a valuable tip yeah like it really is that's a tip slash technique for the audience right like you had the awareness to say okay if i can work overnight i can do much more than just having to work and absolutely good on you for figuring for good on you for figuring that out yeah so my friends like whenever they wanted to do stuff i'm like no i'm, I'm working they're like why are you working at night that's weird da, 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 da. yeah you know how it goes so <laughs> but uh you can't get caught up in that when you got a vision you got to go you got to be locked in. You got to stick with it. Just straight tunnel vision. 
And once I got the certification, I basically built my business off of all my basketball contacts. So former teammates, girlfriends, their parents, their siblings, grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins. And that, that built the foundation of my business use, using uh, family members of, of my former teammates and basketball connects. You weren't afraid to use your clout. Exactly. Good, good for you. So some would call it network. Some would call it influence. Yep. Uh, you just weren't afraid to pick up the phone and say, hey, here's what I'm doing. Let's do some business together. Yep. And, I, and social media, just posting every day. So talk about that. Talk about how you grew your brand across social media and how you yeah, grew your business on really Instagram, LinkedIn. I'm sorry, Instagram and YouTube. Mostly Instagram. Yeah, mostly Instagram. Yeah. And that, that sucked at first. I'll, I'll be honest with you, because like I said, you grow up as a basketball player. People used to be posting highlights, pictures, playing against the high major schools. And yeah. um, so when I first started posting training, people made fun of me. People were like, oh, oh, you, you're, you're a bodybuilder now. And uh, a lot of negative comments, like people legit laughing at me, put me in a group chat, making jokes. There was not a lot of support at first, including family. Family, when are you going to get a real job? Is this sustainable? Are you going to be okay? And so it was hard to shift my brand from basketball player to trainer. The more I posted, the more I educated, the more I motivated people, it kind of just, it just changed. Nobody even remembers that I play basketball now. They look at me as a trainer. I was just going to ask you that question. At what point did the light flip the switch for both yourself and I think for your customers that you were no longer the basketball guy, that I'm the fitness trainer. Like you're a proud fitness trainer. You're clearly good at what you do. You have a look, looks like you have a good roster of clients based on what I've seen across your media platforms, yeah. but you're a proud fitness trainer. You really are. Absolutely. You're good at it. Yeah. So that, that took about it. I say about a, a solid year Yeah. Of, of consistency and consistently posting before the perception of Chris Martin changed and. I became C Marty fit and I became less brunches, more crunches. So I had to hammer it down their heads pretty much. I noticed that less, less brunches, more crunches. And I want to get to that in a few moments, but what are some of the common misconceptions about getting in shape that you frequently encounter as a passionate fitness trainer? And what truths can you share C Marty fit that can debunk some of those myths? Yeah, man, I could talk about this all day, but, uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> one one big misconception is people think they have to be in the gym all day, right? And if you look at the fittest people, I just watched a video before uh, I spoke to you. And this guy was talking about he does an hour and 15 minutes four times a week. Mm -hmm. So let, let's just let's cut that down to an hour. Let's say he does an hour a week. Sure. Out of 168 hours in a week, he does four hours. So you have 164 hours to do whatever else. Be a parent. Work side hustle, be a great husband, whatever it is that you want to do, you have plenty of time to do that. But most people aren't willing to just make the sacrifice for that one hour, um, you know, a couple times a week. So you don't have to be in the gym all day. And we're talking to athletes here. So athletes, you have the leg up to get in shape, right? Mm -hmm. Especially if you made it to collegiate or, or the pro level, you worked on that skill your whole life. So if I'm a basketball player and I'm a 90% free throw shooter, I've probably been shooting free throws since I was eight years old. I didn't become a 90% free throw shooter once I got to college or once I got to the league. Chances are I've been great at free throws my whole life. And that skill just compounds. So the same is with being fit and getting in shape. 
that your results are going to compound the more you do it. So you dedicate those four hours per week over two years, you're going to be a, look like a completely different person. You're going to be a different person. Your mental is going to be different. You're going to move different. You're going to solve problems differently. You're gonna, yeah, a lot of people, got, they, they got that part messed up. Why is it though, Marty? Why is it so difficult for many people to, to deliver the, the other 164 hours? I, I think people, when you're facing a difficult task or something that seems impossible, because sometimes getting in shape seems impossible to people. Mm. I think the first thing to do is just throw, a, throw out an excuse. Look for a crutch. Oh, I can't do it because of this. I can't do it because of this. And it's like, no, there's someone who did it in your position. A lot of my, I know we're talking to mostly men here, but a lot of my moms, they'll be like, I got kids, I can't do it. The gyms across the world are filled with moms. So <laughs> they're filled with dads. Like mm, It's true, it's yeah. true. Or, they, or they'll go, ladies like dad bod, so I'll just stay like this. No, you just don't want to put the work in. You, yeah. You don't want to put the work in. And chances are, if you stay the same, you're not going to be a better man for whatever woman that you're dealing with, whether that's your wife, girlfriend, or whoever. And I know you believe in this as well, but it's really the holistic view of, like, to me, the, the gym is a metaphor, Chris, for mental health, emotional health, physical yep. health, strength, agility, yep. mobility, right? But it's just, it's recovery. It's just, it's this idea of hitting the gym every single day is the metaphor of what happens in the lab, right? Yep. So you got to do something to take care of your machine first, yep. right? That to me is really what that principle is all about. Yet, and that's what we try to inspire our audience to do is just to get their head wrapped around, just do something. And then when somebody says to me, Chris, I don't have an extra half an hour to do something or 45 minutes. I don't know how you've weaved it into your life, but I know chat GPT can save somebody 30, 45, 60 minutes if they take some time writing some good prompts and shaving <laughs> off an hour of work in their day so they can go put it back into themselves. Yep. So, so don't give me that excuse anymore. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I actually used chat, BG, chat GPT for a caption today. So yeah. So I'm not sitting around writing on Instagram all day. So, you, so you, there you go, right? A technique coming from Chris, right? So you're saving, let's say, five minutes, 10 minutes a day. You can put that back into yourself, back into your business. And I don't think some, I, I think, Chris, when some people say, I don't want to go and learn it and I don't want to go embrace it, I don't really recognize what it can do for them, like selfishly them. Yep. So if that gives you an extra 10 minutes to go do some stretching or go for a walk, like you're going to say, yeah, I'm going to go do it now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Where, where does the foundation of Chris come from? You, you mentioned your dad. Like, you just didn't wake up one day as a driven young man. Have you been just right from day one, Chris, really structured and systematic human being? Has that been ingrained in you from day one? Yeah, I've stayed in basketball my whole life. So I always had structure, always had a tournament, a camp. I was always doing something. My mom was big on, hey, this mm -hmm. summer you're going to be going here. Or she'd be like, where do you want to go? Because you're not just going to sit around in the house all summer and play video games. So I'm always used to doing something. I don't even feel right sitting in the house watching a TV show that, that I like. Sometimes it's, it's, sometimes I'm like, all right, you, you can relax for an hour, Chris, but get back to work. But yeah, I'm, it's just always doing stuff. And then when I was in college, one of the schools I went to, they kept us busy. They kept us busy all day. It was crazy, man. Like I'm talking from seven in the morning when I'm up to nine o'clock at night. We have a full schedule and that kind of... Um, instilled that, that structure in me as well. And I, a lot of people don't have the luxury of playing sports. They don't get that young. Mm -hmm. When they get in the real world and it's like, go to the gym four, five days a week, they don't get that. They've never had structure. And they don't, a lot of people don't realize how important that structure is and what it can do for your, for your mental health and how that can, uh, make, how that can make you better. 
make you a better parent, a better, better performance at work, better spouse, better at problem. So I'm big on problem solving because whenever I run into an obstacle, I go do some, I go do my cardio. I'm like, do my cardio. I'm going to think of a solution because if I act now, <laughs> I'm going to make the wrong decision. So, so I go do my cardio. I might even take some notes during my cardio and I feel much better after and I can come to, the, to that right conclusion. Chris, you opened the door to this, but last week we had a guest on our show who, Dr. Lynn Anderson, we, we spoke about an article in Cosmopolitan that was published and actually came from the Caller Daddy podcast. Mm-hmm. And the discussion was around post-nut clarity and, uh-huh. men, and men who have difficulty making a decision just yep. need to go have sex. So guys, Chris goes for a walk. So Chris goes for a walk, but Dr. Lynn says, go have sex. Now I wonder if Chris went and had sex and went for a walk, how productive you'd be. Probably be a great decision, but Hey, some, sometimes that, that might not be the best option as, 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 a, as a single man. I might make the bad, the wrong decision. <laughs> I may have some other shit to deal with after. Oh man! <laughs> so you're into providing solutions, and I like that. It's, it's it's a great way to think about this. So let's think about our audience then, Chris. Our audience is retired athletes, former athletes, business leaders that are stuck dealing with transitions, right? Dealing with transitions in their careers. Now, you alluded to this a little bit in the conversation earlier, but what specific strategies, solutions, or routines would you recommend to these guys to maintain a mental and physical well-being during the transition. You've been training your whole life, and, and I think some guys just want to say, ah, fuck it, I'm done lifting, I'm done going to the gym, I'm done mentally, I just want to go sit and do something else. But yet you're like saying, no, don't do that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't have something specifically, but what I will say is stay within your routine. Mm. So a lot of people, if whether that's financial, business-related, relationship, um, a lot of people will, will fall off. They might cancel a training session. They might cancel a business meeting. They might cancel something with the spouse or with the family. And I'm big on staying in that routine. Like I, I pride myself on when times get tough, I'm still going to go to the gym. I'm still going to have great energy for my clients. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to do my podcast with great energy. I'm still going to be a great son. I'm still, <laughs> so I, I'm big on just staying in your routine. I don't ever want anyone to be able to read my emotions. Mm-hmm. A lot of times when, you know, when I'm in that mindset, things get better. I end up solving a problem and I'm, I'm a Christian too. I'm not the holiest person. I say a couple cuss words every now and then, but I, <laughs> yeah. I, am, I am a Christian and I, I believe that God rewards that. Yeah. You stay within your routine, you stay in the grind and you, you stay with that good energy and you're not pouring negative energy on other people. So I'm, I'm big on staying in your routine when times get tough. The power of faith has been a theme that's also been woven here through the lab. Mm-hmm. Uh, athletes, business leaders, talk about how faith has been has been part of your journey from through your D one career, through business, and and talk about that, Chris. Yes, one thing about faith is I've never not gotten through an obstacle. Mm-hmm. I've never had to. I never went to drugs and became homeless or <laughs> anything yeah. crazy yeah. like that. I've always learned to stay the course, and I'm big on praying. I'm big on on talking to God every night, and that, that's definitely helped me. And one thing, too, read read some Bible verses, read some scriptures, look at the some of the stories in the Bible, and and how people overcame things with their faith, and even small things like my TikTok account. I have faith pages, Bible pages, sermon pages that I follow that pop up on my for you page. 
So the information is constantly going through my head. Mm -hmm. It's it's woven into your life. It's part of your identity, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that's 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 something that uh, one of our guests talked about last week, where he struggled with his identity of not really publicly speaking about it until somebody called him out on it. And he's like, "Yeah, it actually is," and he felt like it gave him even more superhero powers because it it enabled him to be even more true to himself. Yeah, and I noticed too when people speak up on it, like, and I, if I'm not living my life, I feel bad. It stings a little bit. Hey, I need to get it together. Yes, I can have that effect on people too. With as as far as talking fitness and solutions to your problems. And people don't like that. People don't like that with, with fitness. People don't like that with faith. People don't like that with finances. So, yeah. yeah. I, I think that, but, but I think there's a way to, so listen, some people are going to like you and some people aren't. Just like some people are liking me and some people aren't, right? But you're real, I'm real. And I think that that's what we bring to the table. And yeah. those that want to continue to tune in to both of us will. And those that won't. And, I, and I'm okay with that. It, it's, it, it is what it is. At the end of the day, right? So you talked about your podcast, Less Brunches and More Crunches, which is your brand. How did that help you create a sense of community and connection with the audience of yours? Yeah. Inspired that. Yeah. So I'm in the D.C. area and D.C. is a, a big time brunch city. It's crazy. The, the, the amount of brunches and spots you can go, it is insane. So <laughs> big time brunch city. And it was a common theme amongst my clients when I'm, hey, what are you doing this weekend? Don't eat too much. Don't don't exceed your calorie limit. Oh, I'm going to brunch this weekend. Oh, God. And it's, they get thrown off at brunch. And here we are on Monday. I'm chewing them out in the gym. Like, you got to have some discipline. <laughs> so brunch is a common theme in the D.C. area. And I just, it's crazy. So I went to Soul Cycle. This was in 20, 2018. I went to Soul Cycle. And brunch was across the street from Soul Cycles. So I went to brunch after. I posted on my Instagram story. The Soul Cycle. I went to brunch after with one of my friends, and then I just—it was so random. I literally posted less brunches, more crunches, and my DM was blowing up. And uh, people were like, "What is that? That's that sounds catchy." And uh, so I put it on a shirt one day, wore it to the gym, and everyone was asking me about it. So that's how that developed. It's just like that. Easy. Yeah. Easy. <laughs> you're you're a marketer by heart. You just have something about you that seems to. Yeah. I come up with catchy phrases all the time. Man. It's it's crazy. It's, it's actually, it's a gift. So talk about your podcast. How do you go about it? How, what's it been like growing it and expand upon that? What, what have you learned from it? How have you used it to connect with your audience, et cetera? Yeah. So my, my podcast is super authentic. It's all fitness related. Mm-hmm. Um, I talk about some of the latest trends in fitness, the latest viral videos, and I also educate and entertain on there, similar to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> but it's all over the place. I'm talking about gaining weight, building muscle, quick fixes that are just dumb. And it's it's all over the place. But I started the podcast and I was six, six, six and a half years into training. And no, I was five and a half years into training. And I've dealt with people. I've lived in the D.C. area. I, I moved to L.A. right before the pandemic, not knowing the pandemic was going to happen. So I've dealt with all types of clients, all different ethnicities, different tax brackets, so I, I consider myself a, a, an experienced trainer. And so a lot of people, they see it, they think, but it's just, it's super direct, straight to the point. And it's actually, it's brought me serious clients. A lot of the bullshit I used to deal with and a lot of the, bull- can I cuss on here? I'm sorry. Oh shit. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of the bullshit I used to deal with, I don't deal with anymore. And some, and I, some of that, I'm going to credit my podcast because of that. 
just because people want somebody that's direct who wants a nice trainer who wants a trainer that's hey it's okay yeah. i just before we started the podcast a girl was texting me she's like, i'm in new york a lot of these trainers are just too soft i can't deal with it i need somebody who's going to be on my ass i'm like oh perfect let's go <laughs> so, so so really the podcast has been your distribution vehicle for people to get to know chris's personality and who chris is would i be correct in that absolutely and it's added to my clothing sales people would just want to support they want to buy into the into your brand into your beliefs exactly exactly talk about that move to los angeles what precipitated the move and then the pandemic hit let's talk about that experience yes i had been training for about three almost three years and i was 26 at the time no no kids still don't have any kids no no serious relationships so i was like you know what i'm going to try this i'm gonna do something different Worst case scenario, I can come back home. <laughs> I went out there. Things were going really well. I started working with, it was random. I started working with Kevin Hart's brand. At the time, he, he started a supplement brand. I did a couple commercials for him. Um, I even was on Zoom with Kevin Hart. I was in the process of, of starting a gym with some people. Everything was going well in Cali. And pandemic hit. And all those opportunities faded away. Because a lot of people don't know, LA was the most shut down city in, in the U.S., Cities were opening back up. People were going to the gym, even if it was like at a lower capacity. L.A. wasn't opening. The gym was shut down for a full year. And me being new out there, I needed the gym to even post content, build my brand. So that was tough. So I ended up getting two or three clients that were consistent throughout the pandemic. But other than that, I was just doing DoorDash and and working on my content. And it humbled me, man, because like I said, stuff was going pretty well out there. And so since the gyms were closed, I spent like $3,000 on some equipment. I put the equipment in my garage. I had a shed. I would lock it at night, not only for my clients, but for myself. Like I saw my body changing. I'm losing muscle. I'm losing weight. I, I couldn't get in the gym and really, I would go to the park and do stuff, but it's not the same as when you're used to doing high intensity lifting, high intensity cardio. I got it for myself and I went down there one day and all the stuff was gone. Somebody robbed me. They took all my stuff. And man, listen, Keith, that, that, that was the day I was going to quit training. I was like, you know what? I'm done with this fitness stuff. It's not sustainable. I can't do it. It's too inconsistent. I don't know when they're going to open the world back up. Da, 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 da. And I, I, I took some time to myself. Went on a couple rants on, on social media. <laughs> and and I ended up feeling better about it. And I was like, you know what? I'm not quitting. I'm gonna keep going because a moment like this is only going to add to my story. And I thank God every day that I, I didn't quit because it's working out for me. I would have never been doing this podcast. I would have never met you if I quit that day. You know, isn't isn't that true how that works? Right? Crazy. Yeah. I've had a lot of ups and downs with fitness, but it's only made me a better person. And I'm sure there's more coming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You had a number of setbacks and, yeah. and, and clearly a number of humbling moments, but yet you always keep going. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to keep going. Even in college, man, it was tough. Basketball was tough. Me being a heavily recruited high school kid, I was, I'm, a, I'm six feet tall. I'm a combo, I was a combo guard, not a true point guard. My level was mid-major. I wasn't a high-major guy. And I had so many coaches promising me, like, hey, if you come play for me, I'll get you to high-major. Don't commit there. I'll get you the high major. And I listened. And they didn't get me the high major. So I ended up making a last minute decision to go to Marshall University, which is mid-major D1. 
But since it was like a panic uh, decision, I get there. They got guys in front of me, seniors in front of me. They're over. They're recruiting over me. And it even got to the point where I wasn't playing a lot my freshman year, but I just stayed in the gym, stayed in the gym, kept getting my shots up. There were, if I didn't play in the game, I, I would stay in the gym after the game, roll the gun out and get my shots up. And it even got to the point where we got to the, the conference finals and I didn't play. I had, we had some seniors foul out. I come in and hit the game winner after not playing the whole and triple overtime. So imagine game time, that's a long time, but in real time, that's two hours. <laughs> I've always just been a, a super confident guy. And I knew my mindset was always different than everyone else. And it even got to a point where I ended up transferring to Mount St. Mary's, a small division one in, here in Maryland. And my coach was up and down with playing time. And here I am at a small school. I'm like, what the heck? So I'm just super frustrated. One game, I'll get 20 points. The next game, I barely play. So he, he was messing with me a lot. And it got to the point where he made wild decisions. And he decided to bench me for the, for the last 10 games of the season. He said, the team wants to go in another direction. I had just scored 22 off the bench the, the week prior to that. And he decided to bench me. And my dad drove up to the game from Georgia that day. It was just, it was a lot. Yeah. And I went to, when I went to practice after that, I was like, you can fold and you can let these guys know that they affected you or you can show up every day, be the best guy every day and make coach feel stupid about it. And I showed up every day. I murdered practice, played defense, rebound, score, talk trash, clapping in people's face. And he felt terrible, but he was so prideful. He didn't want to go back on his decision. And I just I dealt with a lot, man. It's I can go on all day. But, but it's what made you it's what. It's what made you who you are today. Who I am, man. So when I, so anytime I reach an obstacle, I'm like, look, you got through this, this, add it to the list, and let's let's keep it going. Add it to the list, and it, I like to use that analogy because when you reflect upon your life one day, your list is going to have a list of, just like mine and everybody else's that's listening to this show, you're going to have a list of challenges, and you're going to have a list of opportunities, and yep. and then you're going to have a list of accomplishments. And ideally, when you're done, your accomplishments are bigger than your opportunities and your challenges, right? That is the goal, isn't it? And I can see after hearing your story, Chris, over the last uh, 40 minutes or so, I can see how faith, and not always and not necessarily faith, but your own belief system in yourself is what gets you up every single day to attack the day. You're really a business athlete. Absolutely. And what's crazy, man, I I try to speak life into my clients, like how we're speaking now. And I've even had girlfriends that were like, you're too positive. You can't be positive all the time. I'm like, what? How do you live like that? What? What, what am I supposed to be? We're chasing drama, right? I, I, it frustrates me when I when 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 I find people chase drama. They're always they're looking to fill their brain with something that's just mindless and dramatic. Do you know what I mean by that? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and it's like when you don't when you don't do that, you're the outcast. You're weird. Yes. And yes. It's cool. If that means I'm, 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 I'm reaching my goals and I'm headed to the direction I want to be in, I'll be weird. I'll be the bad guy. Cool. I'm with it. Call me whatever you want. Doesn't affect me. It doesn't affect you. And it's interesting to say that because when I came back behind the camera, behind the microphone after being away for a while and dealing with my own insecurities, it took some time to recognize that I don't care what anybody else thinks, just like you don't, because I'm doing my thing, I'm doing my thing, and I like my thing, just like you like your thing. Yeah, you know, I, had, I tried to change my brand up at one point and try to be the nicer trainer and yeah. beat around the bush and coddle people. 
and people still complained about it. So I'm like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm getting back to being me. I'm going to be direct and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to do what I need to do. And yes, you know, a lot of people like even I've, I've done podcasts with people and they weren't on the same page as me. So I got to cut them loose and do what I need to do to get to my goal. So, that's right. Yeah. And that's I got to do what I got to do to get to my goal. That's a it's a decision that many people are uncomfortable making. Mm-hmm. If you take a room of 100 people, I, I like to use the 100 people analogy, Chris, because 100 is really not a lot, but yet it's enough to get a good kind of visual sense. Mm-hmm. Take 100 people, put them into your room right now. Yep. And I bet you out of those 100, there's probably what, maybe one to three of you that are going to be you. Like, think yeah. about that. Like, yep. really? Absolutely. No, you're right. You're right. And uh, that, that makes sense because it's, it's very rare to find someone who has the same mindset as me, whether that's another business person, whether that's a, a girl I'm talking to, whether that's a client. It's hard to find people who have the, the same mindset and, and want to move how I move. Move how I want to move. Yep. You've used it twice now in the show. And I like to, hey, man, I'm an active listener. You're a great listener, actually. <laughs> Thank you. We had yeah. a guest yesterday, David Arsenault, who talked about uh, balance and mm-hmm. his perspective of balance. That balance is an illusion, Chris. And balance is really about life in motion. Right. Yeah. It's always moving forward, right? That's the balance. It's not about work-life balance. It's about moving forward and then balancing everything along the way. But as long as it's in motion, balance isn't about being static, is it? Yeah, I, I tell my clients balance is bullshit every week. It's, balance is bullshit. I don't know where you got that from, but <laughs> balance is terrible, man. So we went, we went yesterday. Here's a soundbite my, for my team. We went yesterday from balance is an illusion to balance is bullshit in balance. 24 hours. There you go. It's bullshit, man. If, if you want to reach a goal, you have to be doing way more of what's required than what's going to hold you back. And I like to use nutrition, right? You're trying to lose fat off of your body. Cut out the sweets, cut out alcohol, whatever the vices are. Not, vices are. not forever. You don't have to cut it out forever. But if you if you go 90 days and you cut that out and you eat moderately clean with a few cheat meals, maybe once a week, maybe once every other week, you're going to get dramatic results. Mm-hmm. You try to balance it and you do. I can have this once a day. I can. It's just a bite. Da, 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 da. No, it's not going to work. I don't have to finish my gallon of water. I don't have to hit my protein intake. No, you're not going to reach the goal. That, that's just one example. But the same applies to fitness. I'm sorry, the same applies to business. The same applies everywhere. So I think it's bullshit. And it's hard to argue with you because right now I'm going through a not very balanced lifestyle right now as I'm building my business. I'm putting everything into the business athlete performance lab, but it's not forever. Like I've done this before with my previous business and it wasn't forever. All that anybody saw was the aftermath, right? The nice trips, the travel, all the nice clothes, but they didn't see all this stuff because then once you get it to a place that then you can build that fluid balance back in. But I'm my balance right now is upward trajectory. It's active, it's proactive, it's living, it's moving forward, it's yep. living, it's attacking every single hour like it's my last. That's balance for me right now. You're attached to it every, yes. every day and every moment of the day. Yes. And I tell clients all the time, I'm like, when you leave the gym, you still have to be thinking about your goal. It can't just be, I'm only thinking about my goal for 60 minutes at the gym. No, you need to be thinking about it when you wake up, lunch, dinner. When you thinking about using the elevator, no, I'm going to use the steps. 
I got a fake handicap sign. I'm going to park in a handicap spot. No, I'm going to park in the back and get some extra steps in. I'm not going to be lazy. I can't stand that. I got so many clients. They got the fake handicap sticker. It's nothing wrong with you. Park in the back and get your extra steps in. <laughs> I'm not even going to touch that one, Chris. That's I don't even know what to say to that. That's ridiculous, frankly. It's crazy. It's crazy, man. It's It's insane. I got... Yeah, that's why I do my podcast, because I have so many wild stories. And if you really, if you're into fitness and, and you have an appreciation for it and, and, and a love for fitness, you'll love my podcast. We're going to we're gonna make sure we plug it again before the show's over and make sure people tune into it. But you, so you brought this up, stories, without naming names, you've been fortunate to have worked with some celebs, some athletes and so forth. Can you share any particularly humorous or unexpected moments that Chris, the trainer, has experienced? While working with any of your notable clients, let's see an unexpected moment. So I'm trying to think of a good one because I've had pretty much great experiences, not nothing crazy. But I can talk about an experience I was involved in. But it, one of my buddies when I was in LA, and LA is crazy. You just you meet people and bump into people and get connected with people so randomly. It's wild. Mm -hmm. So one of my one of my friends at the time, I still consider him a friend. He's a trainer as well. He he got a chance to to train a celeb, and he wanted to train the celeb in a secluded spot, right? Secluded area. So he was like, "Yo, you got a nice apartment, Jim? Can I use your apartment?" I was like, "Of course, yeah. I'm happy for you. I'm, I I love to help." So <laughs> he's, he's on the phone with the person as they're like coming up in the Uber, and I'm like directing him, like telling her telling him to tell the, the lady where to go. And she's like, who is that? I had you sign an NDA. Nobody's supposed to be here. Nobody's supposed to know. Who, who, who are you talking to? He looks at me. He goes, oh, yeah, that, that's my assistant. And it's like, bro, I'm doing you a favor to help you advance. And you going to say I'm your assistant? That was crazy, <laughs> man. I wanted to cuss him out, but I'm just a nice guy, so I didn't want to mess up the opportunity for him. But uh, that was pretty crazy. Yeah. People can change, but uh, it, it was a well-known celebrity too. I, I don't want to say who it was. No, 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 names aren't required. There you go. There yeah, you go. That was crazy, man. That was, that was wild. Yeah. And then the pandemic happened and all that went away, right? All that went away. Yeah. For him too. For him too. Yeah. 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 So Chris, peanut butter is my poison. I love peanut butter and I say poison in a very humorous way because I love yeah. it. It's because it goes on everything. Like, I mean, it goes on everything for me. A good old jar, glass jar of Adam's peanut butter with crunchy and oh, dude, just bring it to daddy. But then there's also this month called November right now. I'm not a fad guy. I'm not a diet guy. I'm a sustainable, structured, disciplined, neurotic, boring, living human being, frankly. Right. But there's certain things that still weave their way into my life and it i struggle it happens to all of us we all do right all do so yeah. for, for the month of november chris i call it no month and last year i started it after halloween because daddy goes through the kids chocolate after halloween i'm like <laughs> i gotta stop something's got to get me under control because all the chocolates go with what chris peanut butter right so i'm like okay if i don't have peanut butter they don't want the chocolate so last november i stopped all peanut butter man my, my body changed i sure i just a lot of things were really positive. My mornings, my morning routine was more effective, if you know what I'm saying, after my okay. coffee, less yep. inflammation, all that, right? Yep. So this year, November, all of my guests have been challenged. Okay. They, 
What would be your November poison, your no month, your no pledge that you'd say, you know what, Keith, I'm going to publicly stay on your podcast and I'm going to go on my podcast, yeah, yours I'm talking about, and say, hey, I just was on Keith's show and he talked about no month and I'm going to adopt it down in your neck of the woods and we're going to make it no month for the rest of the month and we're going to say no to something. Because maybe it's just saying no to drinks for a couple of days. Maybe it's not yeah. forever. Maybe it's saying no, just maybe it's saying yeah. no yes for yeah. you. Chris. So I, I, do, I do that pretty frequently. Mine is probably pizza. Ah, I can get a oh. I can get a large pizza and eat the whole pizza myself. <laughs> but I do though. Am I wrong? Is that wrong? I'm, but I do. <laughs> I do. I, I do a, maybe a couple times a year. I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah. Yeah. Minus pizza. I actually just did a 75 day, 75 hard. I don't know if you heard of that, but a 75 day program, pretty much, where I'm not eating any cheat meals at all. Ah, I yeah. Did, I did that from July to September. Oh yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah that was pretty good. So I, I always like to challenge myself like that, but my, mine is pizza. I, I would eat pizza every day if I could. So would I. Yeah. So would I. So it was pizza or peanut butter for me. One of the two peas and I took peanut butter off. So I've only eaten more pizza. I've, so I've only eaten more pizza, Chris. Right, well, we got to work on that. <laughs> That's some work to do. <laughs> yeah, we do have some work to do with that. Hey, so before we wrap up and say goodbye, I'm writing down pizza for the list for you, by the way. So no more pizza for you for November. My brother. Yeah, I can right? do it. That's easy. All right, all right. All right. Before we wrap up, uh, this is your chance to plug plug Chris, plug your show, plug your services. What would you like to tell the audience? We can get it on the old recording and make sure the audience knows about Chris so we can replay it for the later. Okay. Yes, Chris Martin. I'm known as C Marty Fit. I have a YouTube page, C Marty Fit, C-M-A-R-T-Y Fit. Same on Instagram, same on TikTok. Clothing brand is Less Brunches, More Crunches. My clothing link to buy gear, it's all on there on on all of those links. And uh, what else was it? You've done a wonderful job pumping yourself. I love it. Okay, yeah. Um, where they can find you. Yeah, yeah. And also, if you if you have a love for fitness and a passion for it, you'll love the podcast. A lot of hot topics on there with some jokes, some education, and some entertainment. So, excellent. And to all the business athletes to Bapple Nation, we'll make sure that we get Chris's podcast link out into the description here. Make sure you guys are aware of how you guys can listen to it and catch up on Chris across Instagram and YouTube and so forth. Hey. YouTube, before we say goodbye, what have you learned from YouTube, Chris? One thing, one one business thing you've learned from YouTube. One business thing I've learned. You got to feed the beast, man. You got to, when if, when you're building your page, and I'm still in the process of building mine. Yeah. Uh, you got to realize that when you first start, nobody's watching your videos. Nobody, yeah. like, you're not going to get a lot of traction at first. So you have to be consistent with it so it, it can push your stuff through the algorithm. And once you start to catch some traction, all the old videos, that's going to pop up on people's feeds too. So they're, they're going to watch the old videos at some point. Right. But you can't let that discourage you in the beginning. Right? A lot of people be like, I didn't get a lot of views at first. Yeah, you're just starting. It's not, what do you expect? You think you're just going to wake up and be Mr. Beast? And- <laughs> oh, shit, Chris. You just wrecked the rest of my Wednesday. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. Look, I got to be honest with you. I watched the podcast with Mr. Beast and he pretty much said, like, if you don't have 500 videos posted, don't complain about anything. And so when he said that, that kind of sparked me to, to spark. That's the word we've been using all day. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It gave me a spark to really go harder and really put a lot into my YouTube. And it's, it's grown a lot in the past like few weeks. It's growing rapidly and it's just it's like compounding almost. So it's pretty cool. That, that's spectacular. So we're, as I told you, we're, 
we go live every single day, Monday to Friday. So we're plugging content onto YouTube every single day. That's how you got to do it. Yeah. And we're generating enough content where we're going to launch a 24 hour stream where you can just tune into Apple 24 seven and, and just watch our content yeah. lives. And, and, and because we're making an hour a day, Chris, plus all the extra stuff, right? So yeah. we're making a lot of content here in the lab and, are you, and are you doing uh, short clips too. Yeah, we are. We're doing shorts and then we're going to add some other segments. Some, I'll tease something to the audience if I can. You know, so yeah. I, I really want to, th- I'm, I'm thinking, so I'll be honest with the audience. I hate the fact the audience is probably sitting down listening to this right now. Fuck, get up and move. Make, go for a walk or go run or go do something while you're listening to our show. So I'm thinking about trying to maybe pre-package up some walking or hiking playlists. You know what I'm saying, Chris? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the background, but give the audience different ways to consume the content because that's part of the philosophy here, right? Is getting moving. And, and if you can do two birds, if you can kill two birds with one stone, then why wouldn't you? You know what I'm saying? I watch a lot of content when I'm in the gym. Or- yeah. I'm on the Stairmaster treadmill. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. See Marty Fit, Chris Martin. Thanks for joining me live in the lab today. Thanks for having me. Uh, wonderful guest, wonderful conversation, great learning, some great laughter. Uh, I'm going to throw you over into the green room while I look back at this camera and say goodbye to the audience and come back and catch up with you for a couple minutes before we say goodbye. Does that work for you? Sounds good. Awesome. Thanks, Chris. If you're not trying to unbig that back, don't watch the podcast. If you ain't trying to get rid of that belly, don't watch the podcast.